0: what up y'all welcome back to the dnvr draft podcast i'm justin michael i'm joined by jake schwanitz it's a two-man episode today we're getting perspectives from fort collins and boulder but we're talking about the nfc west that is the next division in our just kind of draft great summary series whatever you want to call that we've been diving into all of them I had to miss last week. I was out of town. Uh, it's good to see you. It's been, it's been a little bit. Yeah, man.
1: It's been a while. Um, good to catch up with you and talk some ball. Uh, hope your summer's going off to a nice start and you're enjoying the little lull here.
0: Yeah, it's it's always a weird time. I mean, we kind of have the recruiting boost, I guess. Um, but right now, it's kind of the, the slow time after you get all the initial transfer movement post-spring ball. Now, I guess there'll be some 2024 commitments and stuff like that as we advance through the summer, but it is that, that weird dead time, probably the slowest time for you and I, and I don't know. I just don't really know what to do with myself, but I guess that's... Figured
1: it out, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's good that we have uh, this kind of stuff to nerd out on. Um, where do you want to start, I guess, with this division? Because I think Arizona is probably the most logical, just given the moves that they made, how it all played out. Um, But I mean, do you have any thoughts on the division as a whole? I guess a lot of these divisions, you know, they have some sort of overarching theme, the AFC West. We kind of got into that. This one, it's kind of all over the place.
1: Right. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Arizona's really trying. I mean, this is just an organization that's got to figure a lot of things out. You have a new GM. Um, with Kyler's health up in the air. Uh, who's going to be the starting quarterback this year? When will Kyler come back? If he does come back, um, the L.A. Rams are, again, kind of a mess. <laughs> uh, fuck them picks kind of caught up to them in a sort of ways. We'll get to that. But um, some interesting uh, switches they've made there. Seattle's really just, I mean, building around Geno Smith. It's I don't think we ever expected to say that this is what this team would be doing uh, even a year ago when he uh, earned the starting job, but it's really what they're going in on. And then San Francisco, um, you know, with the quarterback situation there and just this beast of a team they have, they're really just a unique situation. And you look at their draft and what they did there, they were all over the place. Um, But yeah, Arizona feels like a great place to start for sure. There's not really a unifying theme here. We're just kind of uh, a lot of teams with distinct issues, I guess, except for Seattle who actually kind of has it figured out.
0: Yeah, I mean, Seattle's banking on Gino being able to replicate what he did this past season, but it didn't feel like a fluke with what he did. He was pretty well in command. He was making all the throws. I mean, it it, it was a cool story. It was obviously kind of bittersweet from our perspective, just being Broncos fans. But it, it was cool to see a guy that's bounced around the league kind of get his shot and make the most of it and now he's earned that opportunity I, I don't even really remember the last guy to do something like this if there even has been one
1: right it'd be someone like i don't know rich gannon ish type like back in the day yeah, You know, that's a I good mean? example
0: like, like, like just nothing for eight nine years and then all of a sudden just five-year run where he's like a four-time pro bowl
1: all pro <laughs> super bowl <right. laughs> just out of nowhere um yeah, he's a he's a fascinating case man. We'll get into Seattle. I think Arizona's our starting point here. This team is pretty fascinating.
0: <laughs> so I guess let's first things first. We got to start with the decision to make the trade, right? And I mean, you ultimately land I think pretty clearly two of the top, you know, three or four prospects in this class. However you want to rank them, that's up to you, but what do you think about the decision to or I guess Houston making the trade with them, going to get get the two guys, um, Arizona right. deciding to trade back. I mean, from Houston's perspective, bold, from Arizona's perspective, I, th- I felt like it made a lot of sense just given the, how much talent this team needs to acquire over the next couple of years. I really screwed up that introduction. I was thinking Houston, oh, my brain fine. for a second, but you, we're, we're, no, we're good, good now. We, we're on the same page.
1: Yeah, so it was, um, I believe... Thirds overall. Um, I can't remember exactly what the pick was at this point, but it was third overall for Houston's sixth overall pick um, uh, Houston's first round next year, a third round pick. Um, They also got two other picks from the Titans and the Eagles in this draft, Um, but they go and get, they use it to go get Paris Johnson. Basically. I'm pretty sure. I think they traded up with the lions um, to get back. So yeah, lions, got number 12. That was the original pick that Arizona had. Arizona then traded uh, that and a third round pick to go up to six. They ended up with Paris Johnson, someone I know Dre was a huge fan of. I mean, he was probably one of the cleaner tackles in this draft. Um, A guy who really is just like an athletic freak. We saw the videos of him doing like the just combine drills at his pro day Um, and just how smooth that guy moved for being as big as he is. Um, so you like that you now have a, a nice tackle, a great piece on the offensive line. Of course, the question goes to Kyler Murray after that. Um, but just continuing with this draft, I feel like they did pretty well at premium positions. Uh, your first four picks, you get a tackle, you get an edge, you get a corner and a wide receiver. Um, I'm Michael Wilson as a wide receiver in the third round. I'm okay with, uh, I thought he has some things to work on, but BJ Ojalari in the second round. Um, and then Clayton Toon, actually the fifth round pick I'm telling you right now, bro. Uh, if Clayton Toon plays this year, I would not be surprised if this guy does some really cool stuff, and people are like talking about him. You know, you're going to hear Bill Simmons and Saw going, "There's Clayton Toon, Blah blah blah. Um, it's a solid draft, though. I can't I can't really complain or nitpick about this one too much.
0: Arizona has to be a team to keep an eye on in the 2024 QB sweepstakes. If it doesn't pan out with Kyler, right? Like, I know they just signed this big extension, and it'd be a lot of money to eat, but. I don't know. I don't know how many more years you can commit to this if he can't stay healthy.
1: It's tough. And then I mean, just looking for opening day this year, you're gonna have to either throw out Colt McCoy, Jeff Driscoll, David Blow, or Clayton Toon. Those are your options, really. Um, so this team is not gonna the hard be knock good special. Least... It's
0: like the the B characters of like four different seasons of hard knocks.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, that's a great thread. Um, but I mean, someone's going to have to start for this team. I don't think they're going to be very good the first month for sure. Probably the first two, maybe even third month into Thanksgiving, they're not going to be a very good team. So, um, it's kind of some planning for the future. I mean, this franchise is literally just in flux because of this Kyler injury.
0: I like the Paris Johnson pick a lot because regardless of what happens at QB, it it seems like you can at least shore, shore up that, that line a little bit, which has been an issue the last couple of years. What did you think on B.J. Ojolari in the second round? He's a guy whose stock has kind of been up and down over the last couple of years, but his ceiling feels high if he can just kind of put it together consistently.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this guy has great bend, um, pretty good pass rusher and just all-around athlete. Look at the pass rushing, I guess, arsenal that Arizona has. You got MyJ Sanders who they took last year. Um, Your guy, Cameron Thomas, also who they took last year. Um, they took, uh, I think this guy was an edge out of Vanderbilt, Victor dumukeji if mm-hmm. I remember right. And they also took Owen Papoe uh, out of Auburn in the fifth round, too. So this is a really, really young unit. Um, looking at the names, I do feel like BJ Ojolari may be the most talented of the group. But man, this is just such a young pass rushing unit that um, you're obviously hoping for someone to break out. But I don't know. This is like a
2: very low floor type of room as a whole how would you grade this this class i mean do you feel like
0: they made the most of it given the circumstances
1: i actually really like this class i'd probably go somewhere around a minus when you consider you know how they maneuvered the board um you pick up that first round pick next year that's houston's first round pick you got to remember that this that's another team that's going to be really bad they could have two top 5 picks Um, going into 2024. So I love that. Um, Paris Johnson is a really solid pick. They didn't mess that one up and went up and got him too. Nice use of draft capital. Just spoke about Ojolari. I didn't watch much of Garrett Williams, but another one of those longer corners out of Syracuse. Uh, Michael Wilson could be a solid piece. I did like John Gaines, the guard out of UCLA as well. So that's a decent value pick at 122 in the fourth round. And then Clayton Toon, I already said in the fifth round, probably, I mean, if there's a pick that could really, I guess, pop and just absolutely contribute to this roster this year, outside of Paris Johnson, it's probably going to be Clayton Toon at quarterback, I feel. Um, I do like Owen Pepoy You get K-12 Clark, the cornerback out of Louisville, and then Dante Stills out of West Virginia after that. I think it's a solid class. You've gotten some depth. Um, they're not probably not going to help you win too much this year, um, but in terms of just putting some building blocks and trying to settle the waters while Kyler's out, I, I think they did pretty well A-minus.
2: I like it. I, I'm right there with you,
0: B-plus, A-minus range. I think positional value-wise, they did a really good job in terms of how the board played out. I think they they did a nice job moving back at first, then coming up and getting the best tackle in this class. Michael Wilson, a guy who you've already talked about, so I'm not going to drag on and on, but he impressed me at the Senior Bowl, and I'm always high on those Stanford guys who maybe haven't necessarily gotten to show everything that they're capable of capable of just to you know due to the style of football that they play um yeah i just it, it feels like a, a draft where they did a nice job of adding talent at key positions not necessarily going to be much more competitive this year but the reality is is they probably weren't contending anyways i mean you're in a tough division seattle's going to be good san francisco is obviously great assuming that their quarterback situation doesn't end up being a disaster I like it. I, I feel like there's there's a clear direction that, that you're heading. And now the big thing is just, is it Kyler's team or not? Is it going to work out with him? And mm-hmm. you've kind of got like a two-year window to figure
1: that out. Right. That's the long-term question here is, first off, he's got to get healthy. Um, and then, you know, now with Jonathan Gannon, they've got Drew Petzing at OC now. Um, it's completely different than what Cliff Kingsbury was doing. Hopefully it's completely different because it really wasn't working um, in Arizona. So we'll see how this all, I mean, this is just such a weird situation. Um, and if you're Jonathan Gannon, I feel like you're kind of brave to take this job because coming in, you don't really, I mean, you have your quarterback, but you don't know how healthy he's going to be or how he's going to fit into this offense. Um, Jenga piecewise, I'm between two guys, um, one on each side. I think it's either DeAndre Hopkins or Buda Baker. Um, and I feel like I would kind of side towards Buda Baker. That defense, really, other than some of these secondary guys, did not have some great players. You're still kind of waiting on uh, Zaven Collins to be that first-round guy that he was a couple of years ago. Isaiah Simmons, they finally put back at nickel. Um, so he could be a candidate, too. I don't know if you have any feelings on that, though.
0: Uh, clearly, the Jenga piece is Trey McBride, who's just going to go off in his second season. <laughs> I don't even know how that's up for debate. No, I, I think it's Hopkins, as you mentioned. The defense, I think you can make a really good argument for Baker, but I don't think they're going to be winning a ton of games because their defense is is you know pitching shutouts. I think it's going to have to be Hopkins making plays. Whoever's you know under center throwing it up and him just kind of being that all star, you know all pro type wide receiver. It's just a bad team. I mean, they're, they're not going to be good yeah. this year. It, I hate that Trey is in that situation, but it could be a spot where they need him to produce. And, they, you know, he kind of got some more some more playing time at the end of the year, which was great to see. But um, the Cardinals and, and Broncos actually play in the preseason this year out in Phoenix on the 11th. If you're going to get tickets, check it out on game time. It shouldn't be stressful when you're trying to buy tickets. Our partners, game time, make it. Just easy. They've got the best last-minute deals on the market. They guarantee it. Um, if you forget to buy in advance, there's really nowhere else you would you should go because everywhere else you're going to get screwed with just a ton of fees. And their selection is never good. Game Time has never let us down. They're never going to let us down. It's what they do. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the app. Create an account. Use the code DNVR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Super clutch again. Turns to apply, create an account, redeem the code DNVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Also, if you're going to go out to Arizona in August, it's going to be bright. You're going to need some sunglasses. Get hooked up with our homies over at Shady Rays. Yeah. (laughs) Jake's got, he's he's getting it hyped up. Him, Dre, (laughs) they look sharp in their Shady Rays, man. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. They offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're sending you a new one. No questions asked. Wear them with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. They always have your back you Want to check it out in person? They've got a new a full stop shop for all things shady rays at the Park Meadows Mall exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for
2: yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Let's go! Nailed it, absolutely nailed it. Dre would be proud. Yes, <laughs> where, be. where do you want to go next? Um.
1: Do you want to stick with the bad teams and go to L.A.?
0: Yeah, let's just knock it out.
1: All right. So, um, again, a team that obviously last year at Stafford went down, it was kind of just over. Um, Cup, I think, had that high ankle sprain and missed uh, like at least six games, I think I remember. So you're already out. your two best players there. Um, Aaron Donald on the other side um, just wasn't as impactful as he has been in previous years, still really good. But I think you look at the supporting cast around him, honestly, this is one of the worst, if not the worst defenses in the NFL outside of Aaron Donald. Just look at the names. I mean, it's it's not great, man. Um, so they did kind of switch things up on the offensive line with Steve Avila, um, you know, the big guard out of TCU, kind of more of an um, – kind of seems like they're going more towards a power scheme than zone scheme, you know, that um, wide zone. We saw Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson just gashing defenses for – um, now, you know, with cam Akers, who I guess is sticking around, um, trying to go a bit more power easier on him. We've seen him have his struggles, uh, in this system going the draft class though. Um, of course, no first round pick. I can't even remember who they traded this first round pick for, um, because they just do it so often. <laughs> um, but they got a lot of players and they needed a lot of players. I think they had 20, Defensive players on their roster before they enter the draft. Um, and that's kind of where we see a lot of the focus with this draft class. You take Steve Avila with your first pick, then Byron Young out of Tennessee, Kobe Turner, the defensive tackle out of Wake. Stetson Bennett, who we can just wax poetically about. Nick Hampton, the edge out of uh, App State. Warren McClendon, the tackle out of Georgia. Dennis Allen out of Clemson. Pakua Nakua out of BYU, the wide receiver. And then Travis Hodges Tomlinson, a guy who we kind of talked a lot about earlier in the year, goes in the uh, sixth round here, 182 overall, the cornerback out of TCU. Um, Zach Evans, the running back out of Mississippi with another sixth round pick, they get a punter. Um, So they just really needed bodies. And that's kind of what they got here. Um, It's rebuilding on the fly, I guess. We'll see how it really works. I don't even how do you even get around to grading this class?
2: They added a ton of day three bodies. So I guess, I mean,
0: making it's... the most of the situation, which is kind of like the spot that they're in, basically. They went all in on that two, three-year window. You won a Super Bowl, so it was worth it in my opinion. But now you're going to feel the consequences of that. And they're, they're in a spot where they need to fill a lot of holes. and They didn't have a lot of premium draft capital to be able to do it. They're not going to be a good team, again, much like Arizona. Um, It wouldn't shock me if we see Stetson Bennett on the field at some point this year, just given Matthew Stafford, who knows what his health situation is going to be like. I mean, if he's just taking a beating, you probably don't want to have him end his career that way. And you might need to evaluate somebody like Stetson and be like, is this a guy that I wouldn't say you could rebuild around, but just... Is he a guy that we could plug? Yeah, could he be our Brock Purdy for a couple of years and just kind of help us tread water
1: right? Um, so just to go back to what you said, just getting bodies, they had fourteen picks in this draft. Four of them were in the first four rounds. They didn't have a first round pick. So that means they had ten picks after pick one twenty eight with the first being. Are 10 picks starting at 128 with that pick being Stetson that um, in the fourth round. Then your 10 guys in the last three rounds start at 161. I mean, this is really like, this reminds me of like a Madden experiment, you know, where like you trade away all your first round picks to try and get good players. You sign a bunch of players to long-term extensions, literally this Ram situation, you have a, some good players, but you had to try and renegotiate um in other areas. And so you just try and, you know, get those literal gems in the day three. Cause you're like, well, if I can get one or two gems in day three, I kind of stay this class and at least have something to work with.
2: What are your thoughts on Zach Evans?
1: I liked him. He was all, he was solid. Um, this was a, another deeper running back class. He didn't really stand out to me above some of these other guys. Um, he's got good size. He's 5'11, 200 pounds. I can't remember what he ran. Um, I think he was a fumbler too. So that was kind of my issue with that. So I, I like the pick. I think the best pick actually might be uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Um, you get rid of Jalen Ramsey. He's not going to be in any type of Jalen Ramsey, but you get a, at least a pretty solid slot corner here. Um, <laughs> the secondary is a mess
2: though. Good Lord. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what you do if you're l a at this point. It's just kind of like you have to ride
0: it out, basically and, and wait until you have some capital to start over again. And
2: would they have been better off if Aaron Donald retired?
1: that's a That's a huge question. Um, I think the most ideal situation, obviously would have been trading him and seeing what you could get for him in terms of that cap room, But I feel like you'd kind of rather have him. Then be paying for him and not have him, you know what I mean, if he retires? But at the same time, I mean, he's obviously one of the best players in the league still, I mean, regardless of position. But there is a, who is the best defender on this defense besides him? Who would you pick,
2: honestly? I don't know, man. At this point... How, the problem with the Rams, they're like an NBA team that had contended
0: for a couple of years and now they're paying, they're overpaying a couple of guys because they had to, it was the only way you were going to be able to keep them and they earned that. But the problem with that is it, it kind of creates this facade that you still have a chance. Like you, you know, well, we still got Cooper cup. We still got Aaron Donald. So like, you know, if we can plug a couple of these holes, they're so good that it's going to elevate us and, and, in a sport like football, it's just not enough. Like, yet yeah, Cooper Cup might get 120 catches and 15 touchdowns. Who else is going to score for you? And as you mentioned, like defensively, I'm, I'm. I got caught on the spot. I can't even name another Rams defensive starter off the top of my head right now.
1: Dude, looking at these names, first off, all very young. These are all guys from at least like go the th- 2019 draft class and on. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Brown the third. Ernest Jones, um, Darian Kendrick,
2: our guy, the cornerback out of
1: Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, it may actually be Travis Hodges-Tomlinson as their next best defender after Aaron Donald. He's
0: a guy where if we would have had the draft after the first month of the season, he probably would have went like the third
1: round. Right. Just a little small. I mean, he's a a nickel cornerback. Played like a dog, though.
0: I like him. I like corners like that. And I think you can get away with it. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think so too. I I liked him in particular though. Just, I mean, outside of his just profile, I thought he was just a good player. Um, Premium position wise. uh, Again, I don't really know what to say here because you did take so many players and you hit those premium positions that you kind of did take care of it. You got two edge players. uh, You got an offensive tackle. You got a quarterback. Um, You got a wide receiver. You got another edge in the sixth round. You got a defensive end at your last pick. They didn't take a running back till the sixth round.
0: Do you like Avila
1: enough to
2: justify a top 40 pick when you don't have a first round pick? Your only top 50 pick is a guard?
1: That is tough. That is tough. Um, And it's got to be a ding in terms of positional value. But then... (laughs) Uh, who else would you have added? I mean, what, That's the what, thing. I don't most? know if
0: it's, it's just something to consider in terms of like the great right. process, but no, I know. I'm yeah. Like we said, it's not like if you add a receiver there, all of a sudden that offense is going to be much more dynamic or, you know, you get yeah. a corner a little bit higher in the process. Oh man. Now we're cooking. Like they just, they just need bodies. So-
1: Right. So I almost kind of like taking the guard there because, you know, it's like a safe position, you know, like he can kind of, you're assuming you really need him to actually fit in and start for you at left guard, um, which is what our lads has him at. But, um, I don't, I mean, you could have taken another edge rusher high, but then again, you're just hoping on a younger guy to kind of make the jump in year one, um, and I feel better. I think about Steve Avila than I would have some of those edge players there. Uh, Grade wise, I don't know, man. C, C minus. It's this is hard. This is a difficult one.
0: I'm gonna go D plus C minus. I just it, again, I don't know if they really could have done much more in the spot that they're in, and and if they can hit on a couple of these, you know, guys they took in day three, then it probably ends up being more like you know C minus just. It's tough yeah. when you don't have a top fifty pick, but I don't I don't love getting a guard when you don't have another top fifty pick. I'm not huge on Byron Young. I just feel like he's kind of one dimensional yeah. out of all those edge guys. He was one of my least favorite. Um, Stetson Bennett's old and apparently yeah. didn't graduate from college despite being there In for seven 10 years. years. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, bro. How?
0: <laughs> it makes me feel a lot better about my own academic path.
1: <laughs> for real, yeah, I don't feel as bad taking that extra semester now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was not a four-year guy. I'll just say that. Um, yeah. yeah, who's the uh, who's the Jenga piece for this team? Is it Aaron Donald? Is it Cooper Cup? I mean, we saw the offense completely fall apart without him. Is it Stafford? I guess. I mean,
1: we so Jenga piece outside quarterback. Yeah, I think it's it's got to be Cup because. I, again, much respect to Aaron Donald, still one of the best players in the league, but there's just not much around him defensively. Like he can, you know, take up two guys in a double team, but when someone's not holding the edge and the linebacker misses a tackle and all of a sudden you got two safeties and a cornerback chasing the running back downfield, it doesn't really matter that Aaron Donald took up two guys. Um, So like what you said, we saw what happened last year when Cup went down. I think he's the, he's the piece.
0: Is he your wide receiver one when healthy still? This is, has nothing to do with the pod, but I just off the top of my head.
1: I think so, man. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to throw Jefferson in there. And because of Cooper Cup's injury um, last year, you know, I mean, Jefferson had a great season. But when Cup is just on his game, man, I don't think there's another wide receiver who can do just as much and is as versatile a piece of, for their team. Maybe other than Debo Samuel, um, but Cooper Cup is he's special. He's a technician,
0: as they would say on the broadcast. You know, crafty wide receiver out there. Real gym rat. (laughs) (laughs) I hear he's uh, really in the playbook. Um, Breck Brew has a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice cold Breck Brew on deck. They've been doing it for 32 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. They're made with 100% renewable energy. You gotta love that. You've also got to love the endless variety that they offer. It's summer. Jake and I love the Mountain Beach Sours. You can't go wrong just chilling by the pool, having a couple of mountain beaches. It's a perfect with a cheeseburger off the grill. But personally, I've been big on the Avalanche Amber Ale lately. It's just a classic. It does not miss. Whatever you're into, check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. Also, um, sign up with FuboTV and get 140-plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Colorado sports for the lowest price. Start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. It's going to come with 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. They're really hooking it up there. And it's the best way to watch the local teams while traveling. If you want to keep up with the nuggets, Fubo's got you covered there. The PGA Championship's going on today. Uh, French Open, F1, USC, whatever you're into, Fubo has got it. Watch the Nuggets playoff run on ABC with Fubo TV. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. All right, keeping it moving. Let's go to San Fran. One of the more interesting situations in the NFL, I think, just because they're they're built to win a Super Bowl, except for at quarterback. And I, I don't even know if we can say that because Brock Purdy looked great, but can we really count on him like really being that guy moving forward? I mean, is he I don't know. It's it's a really weird spot. Their draft was a weird spot. They didn't have a pick in the first two rounds. Um yeah, what are your thoughts on this draft class, the state of the 49ers, all of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you go to quarterback, um I mean, there's questions about whether Brock Purdy can do what he did last year and what was it six seven games in a 17 game season? Um but then is he even going to be healthy? Will he be throwing by the time, you know, training camp comes around or even early into the season? So really we're looking at Sam Darnold or Trey Lance here. Um, and Trey Lance is still on with his broken leg. So it's we're looking really at Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback for this team, which is insane. And then this draft, which, I mean, this is an F minus if we're talking about premium positions, man. You went safety, kicker, tight end, and you only had those three third-round picks. That's what you spent them on. You didn't pick a premium position until the fifth round when you took Daryl Luther Jr. out of South Alabama, the cornerback. You took Robert Beal Jr. the edge out of Georgia. After that, um, then you take a linebacker, another tight end, then a wide receiver in Ronnie Bell out of Michigan, and then another linebacker. So, I mean, they really just punted on premium positions. But this roster is just so good. I mean, you look at their premium positions, and they've got some of the best players in the league at pass rusher, um, at tight at uh, not tight end, left tackle, at wide receiver, at running back. They got probably the best no running back in the no league. Scrub either at tight end. Right. I'm, I just meant in terms of like positional value, but you're absolutely right. He's like one of those tight end that defies positional value. He's so good. Um, looking at this draft class, though, man, I, it's a, a C minus, I feel like, is being generous. I got to go like a D here. And there's some players I actually like in this class, too. Well, that's, that's the thing is, positional value wise, if we're
0: being true to the system, it's not a great draft. But mm-hmm. it's more nuanced than that, because as you've mentioned, they're in a, a completely different position than the two teams we just talked about. If you hit on even two or three of these, it's all gravy. I mean, it's for them, It's just really comes down to their quarterback situation. Um, I do have a couple questions for you, though. One, thoughts on Ronnie Bell in this San Francisco offense. Two, Jake Moody, good enough kicker, worth taking in the first four rounds.
1: Oh, man. I mean, Moody was lights out for Michigan. He I was really, going to say, I really that.
0: can't remember him having a bad moment all year.
1: Absolutely. He won the Illinois game for them straight up, like with those three field goals at the end of the game. The, uh, that was when Corham went down. J.J. McCarthy was still kind of going through his struggles before and into the playoff, actually. Um, so Moody really like was a huge piece of this team. He's got a boot. Um, they needed Robbie a kicker. Gold. I mean, Robbie Gold's exactly. a million years old. So I, it fits if he if he hits. I mean, you get a good kicker, um, but it's how much does a kicker really move the needle? You know, and Ronnie Bell, um, a guy who tore his ACL I think two years ago um, in the first or second game of the season, so came back last year um, and really had a pretty good season. Uh, JJ McCarthy really relied on him. He works well out of the slot. He's got some catch on ability. Uh, A little smaller. I can't remember what he tested at. I'm sure he didn't test out the gym or anything insane, which is why he went in round seven. Um, But a solid wide receiver who, when you're talking, I don't know, maybe as your fourth, fifth wide receiver on this team, um, he could do something. This is actually a really deep wide receiver core, though, when you look at it.
0: Yeah, that's why I thought it was interesting. I actually, I like Cameron Latu falling with San Francisco he's a guy who's really solid as a run blocker system fit wise. I think he's going to be really good, but he's also a guy who I think can be kind of a receiving threat, um, coming out of the backfield in in certain situations, just kind of get him the ball in space. Bama didn't do it a ton, but he's got a big frame and he actually moves pretty well for a guy of his size, just in that San Francisco offense opposite side of, of George Kittle. I, I really like that. And I think, um, while he's not as gifted as a pass catcher as a lot of these tight ends that went early, and this was obviously a great class where you had five, six guys that were just elite. I think he is a guy that could pop. And especially just being in San Francisco, it wouldn't shock me if he ends up kind of early on, like putting up some numbers and everyone being like, oh, really? It's him out of this class? And, and I like those guy, other guys long-term. I just really like this landing spot for him.
1: I liked him as a player as well, um, and you know, as a tight end too. To George Kittle, just have him. He doesn't have to really be as complete as George Kittle, and he can kind of be more of your flex tight end. I mean, I thought he worked well out of the slot at Alabama. Um, he, he's it's almost the ideal landing spot. They also um, undrafted free agent Jack Coletto out of Oregon State. I mean, what a like what a pickup just fits this roster perfectly. He played linebacker, he played running back at Oregon State. They got him listed behind Kyle Uzcheck. They're going to play him at fullback. It looks like. Oh, I um, love. That. I just love. I yeah, I just love the sound of that. That's fun.
0: What are your thoughts on some of these other day three picks? They end up with TCU linebacker D. Winters, uh, Braden Willis, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the Oklahoma tight end Ronnie Bell, we already talked to, and uh, then Purdue linebacker Jalen Graham, who I don't know a ton about.
1: I like D Winters. Um, I thought he was a solid player for TCU's defense. He was just really like a tackle gobbler in the middle, um, just kind of keeping everything in check on that defense. Um, Robert Beal, I think is a nice upside pick. I don't think he played too much at Georgia, Um, but I mean, you can't really go wrong getting a guy that's got the size and length that he does and has the pedigree of being at Georgia. Um, And not playing on that when you're behind that Georgia defense isn't
0: necessarily a knock on you.
1: Right. Well now he goes to the San Francisco 49ers front though, which is probably the best front in the NFL. So, I mean, that's an easy transition for that guy, at least to just get a little bit better and try and make some kind of impact. Um, I'm between like five players for Jenga piece here. (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's just such a weird spot because it's kind of irrelevant. If their quarterback situation doesn't work out, as we saw in the NFC Championship
2: game, it doesn't. I mean, you can do all the quirky, you know, weird plays you want, but I mean, I feel like they're still pretty good with Sam Darnold back there. It's not like they need him to be great.
1: Right. And you know, Kyle's going to scheme up some throws for him to, you know, hit wide open guys streaking down the middle, Kittle sneaking out and just being wide open and stuff. So, and he's got McCaffrey. I think it's got to be
0: McCaffrey, right? Because he's just so So, versatile,
1: and so is Debo.
0: I mean, you could really... The Swiss Army knife uh, argument kind of works for both of those guys. But I just mean being able to lean on McCaffrey, especially early on in the season when it might be a little bit unsettled under center. Having that guy is, is just such a huge win.
1: I think I'm with you, man. I think he is the piece, but there's... You got Debo. You have Trent Williams. You Bosa. have Kittle, You have Fred Warner, and you have Bosa. I mean, I think any of any of those guys, I could hear out an argument for being the most important player outside of quarterback on this team, and I I would it was agree such a with you. Dope
0: roster, just like cool players. Yeah. Yeah. And a cool Telling coach, cool colors, cool uniforms. Like they're just yep. got good vibes.
2: Yeah, they're fun. Um, but yeah, on to Seattle.
0: On to Seattle. Who? is kind of the bell of the ball this offseason. They're getting a lot of love, um, really the last two years, with everything that they've done trade-wise and and their draft. Um, I'm not quite as high on on Devin Witherspoon as everybody else seems to be. I think he's a really solid corner. I think that the assumption that he's just going to be like a generational-type corner day one, which is a lot of what I'm seeing, is kind of a big assumption to me, given his size, but we'll see. Um, I love Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba. They needed another receiver, perfect fit. Uh, Derek Hall is some nice value at 37. And and your guy Charbonnet at 52. I think that's huge because I think they're gonna have to be able to lean on that ground game. I love Gino, it's a fun story. As I've already said, he can make all the throws. I don't think it's a fluke. But I also don't think you want Gino throwing like 350 times this
1: year. Absolutely. Um so really the overarching philosophy here is again just building around Gino, but also kind of changing things up with their uh cornerback philosophy. Um, you mentioned the lack of size that Witherspoon has. I mean, he's a really clean prospect, gets after the ball, finds the ball. Um, but listed at 5'11, 181 has arms shorter than 32 inches. Um, that's just not what we've seen out of Seattle in previous years. Uh Besides that, though, this was A-plus, man. Fantastic draft. Absolutely killed it. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba fits in perfectly next to Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf as that slot. Derek Hall was, in my opinion, probably the most impressive edge at the Senior Bowl. Um, I loved his tape, too. He was a really good player. Zach Charbonnet, I mean, you do have uh, Ken Walker, who you just took last year. But, man, at one punch with these guys, this is such a hard-hitting backfield Um, And then even further down in day three, Olu Oluwatimi, the center out of Michigan, this guy was a transfer last year from Virginia, comes into Michigan, was already one of the best centers in the country at Virginia, continue to do that at Michigan. Um, They might have found a starting center in the fifth round here. And then you get Kenny McIntosh, another running back in the seventh, who maybe you dinged that on positional value. Um, But I think we were all Kenny McIntosh fans and we know what this guy can do. He's worth it at 237.
0: I mean, at that point, just having that many competent backs, especially given the injury situation, Seattle knows that as well as anybody. Be, you know, Sean Alexander or Shot Penny. I mean, right. it goes on and on. Um, yeah, you mentioned and I, I loved Oli uh Oluwotini getting him in the fifth. Um, you didn't mention New Mexico safety, Jarek Reed the second. He's a really <laughs> yeah. versatile DB, a guy that I think that could play some slot corner, that I think they could move all over. Um Has really just been slept on because New Mexico has been absolutely terrible. He was one of the guys I was shocked didn't transfer up last year to a bigger program because he absolutely could have been a starter anywhere in the country. Flies all over the field. A really sure tackler. Um, Just great value in the six. I don't know. Typical Seahawks, you know, GM finding great value late in the draft.
1: Yeah, Schneider absolutely killed this one. I think this is one of his best drafts. Um, Again, A-plus for me, man. I I don't think you really could have done much better. You hit positional value. You got a cornerback, wide receiver, edge with your first three picks, all in the top 37. Um, When you took a running back in the second round, you got the guy I thought was the second-best running back in this class, a guy who can be a three-down back. Um, Cameron Young out of Mississippi State, the defensive tackle there. Mike Morris, the defensive end out of Michigan um so really focused on the trenches but still hit those premium positions just i love this class
0: yeah it's just a really good draft the positional values there they got some nice uh, underrated pieces day 3 i thought they killed it any way you look at it this is just an impressive draft i would nitpick a little bit with witherspoon but that's just you know that kind of just depends right. on what your cup of tea is there are corners mm-hmm. i liked more than him i i still think he's certainly worth a you know top 10 pick it's it's just kind of
2: just depends what you're into. Uh, who's the Jenga piece for the Seahawks team outside of Geno? This is a tough one, man.
1: Um, I look at DK and Tyler Lockett immediately. Um, I also, I mean, I feel like you kind of have to throw Kenneth Walker in there too. And then um, defensively, I mean, they got Bobby Wagner back. I was going to say, <laughs> is it Bobby Wagner again? Yeah. I, I, it could be, it could be Tariq Wolin, maybe too. I mean, he proved that he is one of the best young cornerbacks in the league. One of the um, all time draft Jones. pod
0: guys, a guy that all season we were just like is a freak and should go in the first two rounds. Falls to them in the, what was it, the
1: fourth, fifth, fifth round, bro. Yeah.
2: Yes. What uh, a steal. Killer.
1: Um, I don't know. I think I'd probably just go with um, DK Metcalf then or Tyler Lockett. I don't, this one's hard.
0: I'm actually going to go with Woolen. I think he's that important to that secondary yeah. with how much ground he
1: can eat up. Hmm. Yep. Um, you know, you get him and that's kind of the ideal or the idea of it, right. Of drafting Witherspoon is he's doesn't even have to be your best cornerback. He can just be a solid second cornerback to Tariq Woolen. Um, and then, you know, if the rookie gets bumped up to first cornerback, you know, pretty early or something, that's kind of, that's tough for the defense.
2: If you're a Seahawks fan, would you have rather come away with Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? That is the question. Because that was the pick we talked about all year, right?
0: Like, if they land one of those guys after the trade, that's going to be the hardest one to take as a Broncos fan. Witherspoon, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I think he's going to be a nice corner it doesn't feel like a a dagger to the the gut or anything.
1: Right. They didn't take quarterback. Um, they didn't even, I mean, I think we all had different cornerback ones and I don't think either of us had Witherspoon at cornerback one. Um, if anything, the Jackson Smith and Jigba pick just hurts, but that's what their own first round pick. So it's kind of just like you throw your hands up in the air there.
0: Yeah. They've had a really, really impressive couple of off seasons after I don't know. We just see so many times these teams coming out of the, the old generation, especially when you have the aging quarterback, that transition is is really rough, and they they knocked it out of the park. Unfortunately, fleeced our team in the process, but
2: yeah.
0: I'm, I'm still right. cautiously optimistic going into this year. I haven't been on in a while, so I haven't said anything, but I uh, cautiously optimistic about the Peyton-Wilson connection working out.
1: No, well, we can talk some Broncos here. I mean, I think Peyton's really tightened the ship, obviously, just talking to Zach and Henry. I mean, it seems like they're really just tightening on access, no leaks, no nothing, like very little just coming out of the well, Yeah, that they have an actual man with a plan and experience, exactly. not just trying to be everybody's BFF. Exactly. I mean, this is what we signed up for, man. This is a guy who coached at the highest level of this game. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, maybe year one is tough. I mean, obviously, Russ is the big question that we have to wait and see, and hopefully that's figured out. Um, but, you know, after that, it's kind of, you know, what do you do next? And I believe in Sean Payton more than almost any other coach in the league to try and figure out what to do in these transition periods. It's going to be interesting. I guess the
2: big question mark for me, just as a, as a season ticket holder, is going to be,
0: Are we going to be good enough to actually make the playoffs? You you know, you compete for a wild card. And Mm -hmm. if not, would we rather be bad enough to be in the 2024 QB sweepstakes? Because it's like you don't really like you don't want to be just a little bit better and like more competent, but then finish 500 and still not land any of these premium guys. I I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird spot. That's
1: where they always find themselves in. No, man like they're always just hovering around this 500 mark. Like they're never, I mean, the one thing that I think does give me encouragement in terms of the quarterback position moving forward is Sean Payton has shown that he is willing to be aggressive in the first round of the NFL draft. He didn't have the capital this year to really do much there. Um, But, you know, moving forward now, you have all your picks. And this is a guy, remember, go back to, what was it? That 2019 draft when Mahomes was in the draft, we heard about the Saints moving up for him a lot. And I think they actually got sniped by one position by the chiefs in that draft too. So, um, it's a, I mean, Caleb Williams is obviously the prize I think here, right. I don't think there it'd be a insanely ballsy move to try and go up to one overall. Um, and you're probably going to have to pay a premium for it with it being Caleb Williams. Um, but I wouldn't rule out him trading up for any other quarterback this year, this next year.
0: I'm just excited to have a first round pick
1: again. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Our draft analysis will actually mean something.
0: It's going to be a lot more fun. <laughs> all right, we're, we're going to go here. But uh, last thing, there's been a lot of noise, you know, regarding the Broncos receivers, potential of one of them being traded. We've talked about this ad nauseum. We've been all over the place. It seemed like at one point they were at least one of them was going to be gone. If not both, then it seemed to cool down. There are still some NFL reporters that are pretty adamant that Denver is shopping these guys, assumingly, Judy. Me and you are Judy guys. We don't want him moved, right? Like, that's where I'm at, at least. I don't want to move him because I don't think you're going to get what he's worth. Exactly.
1: And it's just the prospect of him blowing up on his next team, I think, is so real, um, depending on where you send him to. I mean, if he gets that, he just hasn't had a quarterback, man. Um, And even last year, he kind of turned it on late. Um, people were going to get on him for the drops and stuff, but I mean, this guy is so talented that now you have one of the best play designers and play callers in the NFL on his side. Um, you got to ride it out this one more year. You have to.
0: People whined about Demarius Thomas dropping the football too. And he's one of those special football players I've seen. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I just wanted to pick your brain on that. Shout out to everybody that supports our content. Make sure you're keeping up with all things DMVR Rams, DMVR Buffs in our respective podcast feeds, Twitter feeds, all that fun stuff. Uh, Zach, RK, Hank, always doing great stuff on the Broncos. Shout out to our guy Dre. We wish he could have been here, but he will be back with us next week, hopefully. Um, guess shouldn't say that for sure. You never know with our schedules. <laughs> yeah, but. we never
2: know.
1: <laughs>
0: But yeah, man, shout out to all you, this is one of our favorite pods to do because we get to nerd out and it's thanks to folks like you for supporting it. So much love y'all. Enjoy the weekend. Peace.
1: with nobody, then the rockin' for a sold-out crowd. Damn, that shit is crazy, probably never make it. Well, you listening to that
2: right now? I said we on now.